This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Today's topic is one that I feel like it's a little long overdue, and I probably should have done this weeks ago, but better late than never. We're going to talk about love-centered parenting. And Jesse, I realized that I have done almost 60 interviews on different podcasts, TV, radio over the last, uh, since mid-February, talking about love-centered parenting. It's amazing. But we have not even really talked about the concepts of this book on our own podcast. No, I, I feel kind of gypped. So you don't you don't even know what I'm saying. I mean, you did you did have the book read aloud to you because I yes. read it to you as I was writing each individual chapter. But we haven't. You don't know what I've been saying, right? On these interviews, so we're going to talk about that. Also, I'm holding Kirsten right now and nursing her, multitasking mom right here, because I'm getting ready to head out the door to drive to Knoxville with Catherine and Baby D and um, Kirsten. And so we're getting in a quick little nurse while I record the podcast. So hopefully we talked about how she was going to stay quiet, but we'll see how that goes. So this week, when I thought about what's saving our life, it was a no-brainer. Jesse, can you think about what I'm going to say is what's saving our life this week? No, I can't think of anything. <laughs> it has to do with appliances. Oh, yes. Spending lots of money. Yes. Yeah, I would say definitely. What's, 
what's saving our life is the fact that we have an emergency fund that came to mind right away. You want to talk about why that's saving our life this week? Well, we had our uh, AC units go out. Uh, Actually, I think that they had gone out. I do an annual spring checkup to make sure that everything's going well with the AC units. And they came back and said, nope, they they need to be replaced. But we already were quite sure things weren't going so well because as the weather had warmed up and we turned on the AC. The house warmed up too. It didn't feel like it was really, maybe just like a warm fan was blowing. It was kind of... It was much cooler outside than it was there in was our times, house. There was times, yes. It was more. It was cooler outside, yes. So we are grateful for an emergency fund because we Bye, learned. Baby. Oh, did you want to? Did you want to talk about it too? We learned something this week. Maybe you already knew this, Jesse, but I had no idea how expensive it was to replace central air conditioners. It was actually it was called HVAC. Is that? Yeah, it's the, it's the furnace and the air conditioning units. So. We got new HVAC unit. And we don't just have one. We happen to have three because we have three floors. And I guess with the size of our house or something, um, we have three. And all three of them were original to our house, which our house is 14 years old. Is that correct? And they were only supposed to last for 12 years. So, hey, we got... We got a Two bonus years. Yep. At least they didn't die as soon as we moved in because that would have been right around, <laughs> you know, we would have had to replace all of them right after we moved. But anyway, I actually thought the initial quote that we got, I thought they, that you've got to be kidding me. There's, there's an extra zero or something. And um, so I went on the internet and I started researching and I thought they were going to say that it was much, much cheaper. And then the range that they gave was actually a little bit lower than what they quoted us and a whole lot higher than what they quoted us. So I was like, wow. Oh, okay. But so what's saving our life this week, Jesse, I chose for you that it was the emergency fund. That's correct. But for me, I was going to say, and this is, I mean, it's for both of us, but getting a second quote is also something that is saving our life because Mm -hmm. the initial quote, while it was a very reputable company, it was also a large company. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about it and we just said, as, as HVAC companies go, it was not a large company. It was a medium sized company. Okay. Larger, but, larger. I mean, okay. it wasn't like a national chain or something. It was more of a, but it was a well, a reputable company. Okay. So I just, you know, we talked about it and we decided let's, let's get some other quotes just to make sure, even though the mm-hmm. internet says that what they quoted us was very reasonable, let's get some other quotes. And so you had a friend who Knew a guy mm-hmm. who... Networking is amazing. Um, we were very, very impressed when he came over and he gave us a quote that was significantly less than mm-hmm. the initial quote. And I think it's because he, it seems like, it's is a, a very small mm-hmm. company and so they don't have the overhead. And the crazy thing was, is I assumed that it might take a few weeks. And so because of the weather warming up right now, we realized we mm-hmm. need to get on the ball with this if all three of them aren't working. And they were able to get it done within a few days. Oh, yeah, the next day. Which was when yeah. they got one done the next day and then the other two done the day after that. So mm-hmm. it was amazing. Now we're just hoping that it all, I've heard a few horror stories in the last few days from Instagram. <laughs> so I'm just hoping, but they did have good warranties on them. And mm-hmm. so that's what's saving our life this week. And we're very grateful for 
having air conditioning, especially because it's supposed to get a lot warmer over the next week. Mm-hmm. So. I'm thankful that it happened when it did because it's been nice and cool. <laughs> Jesse, you're still reading the same book that you talked about last week. Correct. So we won't get an update on that, but hopefully soon you'll have an update for us. You bet. I it's am, starting to get exciting. That means that it's going to be, we won't, like, where's Jesse? <laughs> yeah. He's going to be reading his book. But I love that. I love that you, you didn't used to be so much of a reader, and I feel like you've become more. Yeah, been getting better at it, especially if you pick a kind of genre that you like. Yeah, I love that. And I think it sets a great example for our kids too, to see both of us reading. I actually am going to talk about something that is not a book, but it's similar to that. It's it's something that I have been learning and growing in and a way that I've been kind of developing my mind and stretching myself. And that is the Bible Project. They have these online seminary classes that I've been going through with a group of women from church. And I think I've mentioned this in the past, but we just finished the second class. So it was an entire semester that we did the class. And so there are videos. There is a, I would say, a course handbook that you print out. And so we watch some of them on our own, some of them together, and lots and lots of discussion when we get together every week. And so this one was on heaven and earth. And I don't quite have words to describe my takeaways from it yet, although next week when we go to class, we are supposed to have those prepared. So maybe I will have better words, but it challenged my thinking and it really made me step back and re-examine so much that I have come to scripture with my own cosmology is what he talks about. How we kind of, how we view the world, we bring that to the scripture. And so he challenges us to take that, set that aside and learn to view it from the Jewish Hebrew cosmology and to kind of help you understand so much from scripture in a new way, in a different way, because of how it was written and who was was written to. Now, I don't agree with everything in these classes. They have different people who are in the classes who um, interact with um, Tim Mackey, who is the um, person who leads the class, but it really, really makes you think. And here's the cool thing. They are free online. So it's the Bible Project. You just look for um, the classroom. Um, It's a beta project on their site. And I think they have Ephesians coming next and we are planning to do that. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that because it's something that um, we did introduction to the Hebrew Bible, which was so good. And I would recommend doing that first and then heaven and earth next. It It just stretches your mind and helps you to think in a different way and it brings scripture to light in a way, at least for me, that I never thought of before. So many things when I go to read the Bible now, it just, it hits me in a different way because of understanding more of the Hebrew cosmology and Jewish culture and what the Hebrew words and language means. And there's so much more that I haven't grasped yet but it just makes me so much more excited about God's Word. All right, Love-Centered Parenting. 
Tessie, where do we even start with this? I feel like um, in a previous episode, which we'll link to in the show notes, we kind of talked about the background for writing this book and where this book came from. So I'm not going to get into that, but I did want to talk more of the content of the book. And one of the interesting things is when I was writing this book, I asked on my Instagram account, I asked for people to fill in the blank on this. My job as a parent is to blank. I think that that really helps you when you understand what you believe your job as a parent is. It helps you to understand kind of why you're parenting the way that you are. Mm-hmm. And the responses, I would say 98 to 99% of the responses were things that we ultimately have no control over as a parent. So a lot of the responses would be things like, I want to raise kids who have great character, get successful jobs, get married, and love Jesus. All good ambitions. But ultimately, you cannot control whether your kids get married, whether they love Jesus, whether they have great character. These are things we don't have control over as a parent, especially as our kids get older. We can model for them. We can teach them. We can hopefully give them that desire and kind of plant that seed. But we cannot save our kids. We Mm -hmm. cannot change their hearts. And so I think that so often we carry around these heavy burdens of what we think our job as a parent is. And that is why we are so critical of our kids. We are so critical of other parents. We're so exhausted and we're constantly trying to fix and micromanage and overprotect and correct our kids because it's our job performance on the line. Mm -hmm. If our kids aren't behaving well, well, if we think our job is to make sure our kids behave well, then we're going to feel so stressed about the fact that we're failing as a parent. Or if our kids are older and they're making poor choices, we can feel so anxious as a parent and kind of come in and try to make all these rules and do all of this to try to fix it. Because Well, that's our job. Mm -hmm. Our job is to make sure that our kids make good choices. And really, when we do that, we're trying to be God and the Holy Spirit for our kids. Like we're trying to be their Savior instead of, as Jeannie Cunyon talks about, pointing them to the Savior. And so in Love Center Parenting, I really try to challenge people to go back to the foundation and go back to the roots and really dig up where are your parenting ideals or ideas coming from? And for me, I realized that they needed to come from a place rooted in understanding how much I'm loved by God and then letting his love flow through me as a conduit to my kids because I ultimately can't control their behaviors and choices. But I can choose how I love them and walk with them. And so I encourage parents to make four choices. And those four choices are really what the book is all about. Lean in and love. Listen well. Lead with humility. 
and let go. Lean in and love. For me, when I started to adopt that as a parenting mantra, as in when I needed to approach a child or address something, to come at it from that posture of leaning in and loving, it really changes so much because it's not all about let's correct this behavior. Let's fix this. Let's make sure everything's tied up with a bow. Sometimes it's messy and you're not going to be able to tie up a situation with a neat little bow, but you can lean in and love. Jesse, when you think of that phrase, what does that make you think of? Makes me think of being slow Mm. because a lot of times when we do the opposite of leaning in and love, leaning in and loving, it's because we're making snap judgments Mm. and nothing hurts a relationship with your child than snap judgments Mm. because when we quickly try to correct, it's usually out of anger and it's usually cutting down. And the child doesn't feel loved. They feel like a a failure. Mm. If we're constantly telling our kids what they're doing wrong, they're going to feel like they can never measure up, that Mm -hmm. they are a disappointment to us. And I think then often that can translate to their relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And they can view that in the same light. Even if it's quick like that, it doesn't have to, it's not necessarily sharp anger. It can be calm. It can be spoken with words that are measured in a way, but they can still have that same effect of being cutting. I was saying on a podcast the other day how I feel like so much of our parenting is rooted in pride because we care about our reputation what other people think of us. So we parent for our reputation instead of relationship or fear because we're afraid of the future for our kids. Mm -hmm. So we're letting fear drive our decisions instead of faith or selfishness Mm -hmm. because I feel like so often when we get frustrated with our kids for messing something up or interrupting our plan It's rooted in selfishness. Things didn't go the way that we think that they should go. And so when I feel that tension rising where I am frustrated with a child or I want to react, asking myself, is there pride? Is there fear? Is there selfishness? Because those three things can drive a lot of dysfunction. And we can, you know, make it, we can make excuses for it. We can say, well, we want our kids to make good choices. So I need to come in here and fix this. Mm -hmm. But if the driving force behind why we're responding like we are is rooted in fear or pride or selfishness, our response is always going to be somewhat dysfunctional, somewhat hurtful, somewhat unwise. And so we could actually kind of come to the same conclusion in the sense of maybe there's a consequence that we Mm -hmm. need to have for this child, but making sure that we're not just having the knee jerk response that is in our own heart 
of fear or selfishness or pride. Listen well is the next choice that I encourage parents to make. And I think so often we want to address what's on the surface. But that's why I think we gravitate towards the chore charts or the checklist or, you know, here's the one, two, three, A, B, C, D for raising great kids. It's the easy button. There is no easy button Mm. in parenting. And listening well requires us to not only have that posture of leaning in and loving, but also to get below the surface. And I talked about, you know, digging into the root of where are our responses coming from. I really encourage you to do the same with your kids. And maybe your child is not at a place where they are going to be able to communicate that to you. Or maybe you don't have the relationship right now that they can communicate that to you. Maybe the parent is also afraid to ask the right questions or don't even know the right questions to ask Mm -hmm. to get below the surface. Or I think there can be that fear of, it's going to be really messy and I don't want to deal with that. So Mm -hmm. I'd rather just have them, you know, look good on the outside, make good choices, even though those choices aren't their own, they're just doing it to please their parent or make their parent happy. And so listening well, really leaning in and thinking what's, what's beneath the surface here. One of our kids had a hard week this week and we had to have a lot of conversations. There were some issues at school. There were some consequences, but I was trying to think, where is this coming from? Because it was a little bit out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. And so I was just thinking and praying and just really kind of wanting to have that posture of slow, like you were talking about, Jesse, and just leaning in and loving them and not just coming in and being reactionary. I realized that there was an incident that had happened recently that was really, really hard for them. And there was a lot going on at the time when that happened. And so I think, you know, we talked about it, we processed it some, but I feel like there were a lot more layers that they're still processing through. And so some of their big feelings are coming out sideways right now Mm -hmm. because we aren't, we haven't taken the time to really lean in and love in this area and listen well. And so we had a conversation yesterday with this child and it was just really helpful. I think for them to feel very heard. And instead of us just being like, I can't believe you did that, you know, this consequence, but to say, how are you feeling about this situation? And to really talk about that situation. And for us both with the child, you know, there was this recognition of, I think that was more upsetting and hurtful Mm -hmm. than we all initially realized. Because a lot of times, and you you do a very good job of doing this, and sometimes it drives me nuts, but finding tangential things that have happened that are actually affecting whatever you have in front of you and, and how you're reacting to it. It may, so it may not, the root cause may be something completely different. But you're really good at honing in and saying, maybe it's this particular area that you're struggling with or haven't processed through that is actually in a roundabout way kind of affecting what you have in front of you. Well, and I think for me yesterday, it was realizing things have been out of sorts for a few weeks and Mm -hmm. kind of going back to when did this start Mm -hmm. and what was going on at that time. And sometimes it's helpful to think, what was going on a year ago? Like if you mm-hmm. have a, if you are really struggling or your child's really struggling, because it can be this yearly cyclical thing. So if there was something really traumatic or difficult or a sad that happened a year before, 
a year later, you can have some big feelings that are based upon something that was a year ago. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like that cycle. It comes around again. We have seen that over and over and over just in observing different things around the house and how people react to certain things and, and thinking back to that particular time period years gone by. And it's amazing at how consistent that is. So leaning in and loving, listening well, leading with humility. I think that there's this tendency to feel as a parent that we need to kind of put on this perfect persona for our kids. And and I don't think we would actually say that, but for us to have our kids see a struggle, we almost feel like, oh, that could be a bad Mm -hmm. example for our kids. But I think for our kids to see us wrestling through things and having to look to the Lord and seeing us make mistakes and learn from them and have to go back and ask forgiveness, it's a gift that we can give our kids. Mm -hmm. And I talk about in Love Centered Parenting, when I was 17 years old, I crashed our family's van into the front of the house. Um, It was... I don't think I've ever talked about that on the podcast. I don't know. Maybe maybe I shared that story one time. But it was um, a little bit traumatic for me as well as my mom, who was her first time to ride with me in the car. And I, I, I think crashed was maybe a little bit too much. Okay. Well, my mom, in my mom's viewpoint, I'm, I think it felt like a crash. No, no one was hurt. And it was just that instead of putting the car in reverse to back out. They put it in drive. It was right in our family's driveway. And instead of then realizing that and putting on the brake, I hit the accelerator. So I didn't have a lot of space to go. So it's not like I had built yeah. up a bunch of speed or something, but well, for to, my mom, it to, was to very... your defense. This accelerator is right next to the brake. That's right. And you know, I mean, it was, it's, it's, I, I can't do right and left. I'm still learning right and left. It's really hard when you can go to the eye doctor because they're asking you to cover your right or your left eye. And every time I have to think really hard, I'm sure I'm not the only one. So you close both of them. Anyway, get it right. So, you know, brake accelerator had to, took me some time to figure that out. But my dad was quite upset because it had messed up the front of, it didn't hurt the van really. Um, we had a, pretty big solid slunker van but uh there was it did mess up the bricks in some of the front of the house um and so i mean you could say crash because it like some bricks came off the front of the house anyway so my dad had to fix it and um so when he came home obviously he was not happy with me and i you know he yelled at me and got upset and then the next day though he came back to me and he asked forgiveness. And what I remember of that incident is not really the whole my mom screaming in the car because she was so scared. <laughs> Obviously, you remember. I mean, that. I remember it a little bit, but that's not the thing that sticks out of my head. It's my dad coming back and asking forgiveness. And so just to lead with humility, that this is something that I think of that so often when I know that I've done something to our kids that I need to go back and ask forgiveness. It gives me courage to think of my dad coming back and asking me and how much that impacted me. And then finally, let go. So we have lean in and love, listen well, lead with humility and let go. And this is just for me, keeping my hands open, like we talked about in the beginning of recognizing ultimately I can't control my kids' behavior. And if I spend all my life thinking it's my job, 
to make sure that my child never makes a mistake, never does anything wrong, is always perfect. Now, I might not say that. I might say, you know, I know they're going to fail. But when they do fail, when they do make a mistake, how do I respond? That is an indication of whether I have my hands open or whether I have my fist clenched of feeling like I got to fix this. I got to micromanage this. I've got to bubble wrap my kids. I've got to overprotect because I don't want them to ever do anything wrong because I don't want them to hurt my reputation. I'm afraid for their future or it's that selfishness. I don't want them to mess up my day, my life. And so just to think of letting go living with our hands open, saying, God, love through me. Let me be a conduit of your love to my kids today. Let me trust you with the outcome, trust you with their choices. Let me set a great example, lead with humility, come back and ask forgiveness a lot because I'm going to need to. Let me listen to what they're actually trying to communicate and ultimately Leave it in your hands. And the subtitle of my book is The No-Fail Guide to Launching Your Kids. And, you know, a lot of people have been like, hold up, The No-Fail Guide. How can you truly promise The No-Fail Guide? And it's this, because you can't fail when you're faithful. Failure is not dependent upon your child's choices and behaviors. Success does not mean that you have perfect kids. Success is loving the Lord, loving your kids. It's leaning in and loving. It's listening well. It's leading with humility. It's letting go. It's being faithful to what God has called you to and leaving the results up to Him. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 